I'd like to start today's message by playing a game with you, and I'd like you to be involved as you're able. You've probably heard of it before. It's called Simon Says. And what you have to do is, when Simon says you do something, you have to do it. And if he doesn't tell you, then that means you don't do it. So if Simon says, if you're able, please stand. Clap your hands. I just explained the rules. <sighs> all right. It's all right. That was, your first, that was your first chance. Okay. Simon says, tap your head. Matt says, march. Why are you listening to Matt? You're supposed to be listening to Simon. <sighs> Simon says, high five your neighbor. This is me high fiving all of you since I don't have anyone up here. All right. Sit down. Simon says you can sit down. Okay, you guys are a little bit better than the 8 o'clock crowd. Maybe you're, maybe you're more awake, I'm not sure. But, you know, we get the concept Don't of the game, right? We're supposed to listen for the right words, the right phrase, the right cue to do what Simon says. And if, if Simon doesn't say it, then we, we shouldn't do it. The whole point is to listen for the right words, the right voice, the right message. And yet, as you just saw, we still sometimes miss the point or miss the message. Maybe we get caught up laughing about the last thing we're doing or, or we stop paying attention or we're so worried about getting the right action that we forget to listen for the, the key phrase and to the right voice. It's easy to miss what we're supposed to be doing because we lose sight of the true voice we're supposed to listen to, the true message we're supposed to hear. I don't know if you ever thought about how many advertisements or messages you take in on a daily or weekly basis. I tried to figure out a number, but everyone had a different opinion. But we take in a lot. Every, every time you open up, turn on the TV, you're getting a message. Uh-oh. There we go. Okay. You're taking in a message. You're getting one message from the TV. You get it from the advertisements, from the TV shows, from music, from uh, stories, from newspaper, from magazines, from whatever it might be. We keep on getting bombarded with more and more messages. It can be overwhelming. It can be overwhelming as the, the messages come at us hard and fast. And they keep on telling us that they have the answers. They know what we need. We get a thousand different voices that tell us, this is what you need to do to have a happy life. This is what you need to do to be fulfilled. This is what you need to do to get what you want. This is what you need to do to get approval, to be liked, to be lovable. The voices continue to come at us one after another after another. And we're not sure what voice to listen to. It can be overwhelming. Who has the right answer? Who's got the right message? See, if life were a game of Simon Says, not only would we be struggling to follow the right instructions and to listen for the right keywords, we'd be struggling to figure out which Simon it is we're supposed to be listening to. Because there's so many different messages, so many different opinions and stories coming at us of what we're supposed to do. But that's nothing new. The disciples wrestled with the same problem 
what voice, were, what message were they supposed to listen to? And before we get to today's lesson on the uh, transfiguration, I, I want to give you a little bit of backstory from the two lessons, two stories that come right before this, because they give us a little bit more insight into what's going on. So just before this, Jesus takes his disciples off on a retreat. They go off into uh, off to Caesarea Philippi, and they're taking a break from all the hard work of ministry, and Jesus asks them a question. Who do the people say that the Son of Man is? Well, some say you're John the Baptist. Others say you're Elijah or one of the prophets. Lots of people have different opinions about who you are, Jesus. Okay. But what about you, disciples? Who do you say that the Son of Man is? And Peter, in his normal boldness, steps up and says, We have come to know and believe that you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus looks at him and says, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this has been revealed to you by my Father in heaven. And on your confession, I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. Peter's standing up, and he's feeling pretty good about himself. He's just given the right answer, got the approval of the master, and then Jesus continues. Let me tell you what's going to happen. See, I'm going to go to Jerusalem, and I'm going to be handed over. I'm going to be flogged. I'm going to be killed. And that's God's plan. And Peter takes Jesus aside and says, far be it, Lord. I will never let this happen to you. And right after Peter had the right answer, he got, seemed to get it, Jesus has to turn to him and say, get behind me, Satan, for you have in mind the things of man and the things of this world and not of God. You don't know what the right story is. You're listening to the wrong voices, the wrong message. See, Peter thought he understood how things were supposed to happen. He has been listening to what culture has been saying about what the religious leaders have said about who the Messiah was going to be, what kind of person he was going to be like. And so he's looking for the military leader, the political force that's going to overthrow and set things right. Israel's going to be restored to prominence by force, by power, by their strength. And so Peter's looking for this messenger, this Messiah to come who's going to set things right. And right before today's lesson, Jesus says, I tell you the truth. Some of you will not taste death until you see God's kingdom coming in glory. And Peter's like, all right, I'm ready to be part of the revolution. You see, he knows how kingdoms come in this world. They come by force. They come by overthrowing. They come by crushing the weaker by driving out the enemies, by overcoming by violence and strong rhetoric. Peter doesn't get it. Peter misses the point. See, he thinks he knows how God's kingdom is going to work and how it's going to come. And so often we think we understand how God's kingdom works and what it looks like in our world but we don't have a clue. So Jesus takes Peter, James, and John, his inner circle, up the mountain. He is transfigured before their eyes. He is radiant and glorified. And suddenly Moses and Elijah appear. And Peter knows 
that this is the moment God is coming in his glory. His kingdom is coming now. And so he says in his boldness, Jesus, let's set up three tents, three memorials, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah, so we can remember where the revolution began. He's got it all figured out. And then a cloud overshadows him, and Peter gets stopped in his tracks, rebuked again. This is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. Peter, stop thinking you've got it all figured out. Stop thinking that you know exactly what I'm doing because you're missing the point. Just listen to Jesus. Slow down and listen to what he has to say about what's happening, about what's going to come. How often don't we need that same message? This is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. Listen to him. We're, we're like that infant that doesn't want to listen to anything. It doesn't seem to understand instructions and just goes off in our own way. So we get caught up in all of the stories, all of the, the messages coming at us, telling us how to live our lives. And we get worried because our country is in political turmoil. We get worried because we see what's happening around the world and we're, we're concerned. We get worried because we don't know how we're going to make it through the next week on this paycheck. We get concerned because the church seems to be struggling. And we think that we have to fix it by force, by overcoming, by, by doing things our way. And we lose sight of the reality that God is still in control. He is still reigning. Yes, he has risen and ascended. But as he has ascended, now all authority in heaven and on earth is in his hands. He is over every government, every world leader, every situation, and he is still reigning over our church. We get concerned. And if it's not one of those things, we get concerned about some of our own daily narratives. We get worried. You know, maybe, maybe I'll never be, we buy into the worldly stories that if I'm not attractive enough, I'll never be loved. If, if I don't get the raise, if I don't get the grade, if I don't get the job that I think I need, I'll never be approved of. I'll never be worth enough. We buy in to the stories that say, unless I own this kind of house, have this kind of car, or I'm able to do these kinds of things, I'll never be happy. I'll never be fulfilled. I'll never have a worthwhile life. We get so busy listening to every other story and message that we lose the story that is true. We lose sight of God's word. We lose sight of the true message. We get caught up in Satan's game, playing by his rules as a million voices come at us hard and fast, telling us that they know what we need, that they have the answers for a fulfilling life, that they have what you need to feel successful and approved and loved and valued. All you have to do is jump when they tell you to jump. All you have to do is tap your head when they tell you to tap their head. They're Simon, and they've got the answer for you. Louder and louder, faster and faster, the voices come at you, and you feel overwhelmed. And underneath it all, soft and quiet, God's voice, God's word continues to speak. It doesn't tell you to prove yourself. Rather, it invites you in and says, listen 
to my son. Be still. Know that I am God. Simply rest and abide in me. Abide in what I've done. We hear the words and we come a little closer, but we're hesitant at first because if this is the true God and, and all we've ever heard from everywhere else we've looked is that no matter how hard we try, you've got to do more. You've got to be better. You've got to achieve more to be loved, to be accepted. We worry that, that God's standards are going to be higher, so unachievable, so impossible for us to reach that we'll never feel loved. We'll never feel accepted or approved. We'll never feel at peace. But then the message comes in again a little, a little more clearly this time. And we hear God say, Jesus doesn't say do. He says it's done. I've already done it for you. You don't have to prove yourself. You don't have to prove how worthwhile you are or earn my love. I declare you loved. You have already everything you need and everything you want in my son. So Jesus invites us in with his words, and we, we hear that the Son of Man came to seek and to save what was lost. And Jesus bids us to come closer. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble of heart. And you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. We hear it again in John three sixteen and 17. For God so loved the world that he sent his one and only son into the world, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through him. On and on we hear it in scripture. God invites us closer to rest in what he has already done for us. His voice comes in soft and quiet. It gives us strength and courage in the difficult times as we continue to walk in this journey of life as all the other messages come at us. As we learn to hold to his word, the burdens fall off our shoulders. We're free. Free from trying to, and needing to prove ourselves. And we learn to stop listening to all the messages media puts out towards us. To stop listening to all the voices that tell us you're not good enough. All those other empty words are silenced as we cling to God's true word. That says, you are a child of the one true king. You are loved and you are forgiven. Your past does not define you. Who you are is my child and I love you. We cling to those words. See, because God defeated the powers and the forces of darkness. Not by staying up on that mountain in glory where he shone, but by coming down that mountain and walking the long road of suffering up another mountain called Calvary, where he died in our place to show his love for us and to free us from having to listen to any other voice. See, God reveals his glory in the agony of a death that silences every other message and voice about you and declares that I love you unto death. You are mine. I have claimed you. And I love you. See, listen to his voice. 
that shatters the darkness, that calms the turmoil, that silences every empty word and lie about you and says that you are forgiven, you are loved, and you are his. Amen.